You're listening to America's Web Radio, your voice in the matter. You're listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Well, good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. We've uh, got a couple of people missing, though, uh, Jim Weber and Steve Ronaldo. Uh, both of them are out of town, uh, taking care of business, as they say, but uh, you're stuck with me. I'm David Moxley. I, I have a little something to do with the radio station and that I own it, and glad to have you listening to America's Web Radio. We have a very, very special guest on today, and... Uh, he happens to be in Texas, but he resides in Tallahassee, Florida, and he is the owner of the Tallahassee Automobile Museum. And we should put a little plus after that uh, automobile or, or museum, one or the other, because it's, it's, uh, it's a heck of an auto museum, but it also is, uh, has a number of other things, and uh, we're going to get into it. The owner is Mr. DeVoe Moore, and uh, as I told DeVoe uh, when we first contacted him, uh, I think we might be relatives. Uh, I, I'm from a background of Moores from uh, Texas, and uh, there's, there's always a shot that we might be a, a you know a long lost cousin or something but anyway we've got DeVoe on the line and if you go to our website right now americaswebradio.com you'll see that um, we have the uh, Tallahassee Museum uh, website on we also got the Dempsey dumpster in the background they're supposed to be here earlier than now but uh, they made it right on time uh, as we came on the air but anyway good morning DeVoe how you doing Good morning, sir. Uh, I'd like to thank you for asking us to uh, be on the uh, radio station with you. Oh, it's our pleasure. I think probably, I think probably you mentioned that you may be Ken, hoping that I may uh, wheel one of my cars whenever I leave. <laughs> well, uh, you know, we can discuss that off the air sometime. But no, no, it's uh, it, it's just uh, there are a lot of moors, and uh, I think my my side of the Moore family came from. Uh, Social Circle, Georgia, initially, and uh, moved out to Texas. And just last night, I didn't, you know, I I'm, I'm, I haven't been a big genealogist-type person, and uh, I was talking to uh, one of my sisters, and she was telling me, I, I was asking her about my grandfather, and uh, I don't know why in the process I'd missed that his father had gone out to Texas, and uh, he was a buffalo hunter. And I, I, I don't know how I'd miss that all these years, but that's it. Anyway. Well, I've got, I've got water buffalo. Have you? <laughs> there in the museum? Yes sir. yes, sir. Well, I tell you, we right now we have on our video camera on Ustream, if people go to our website and they want to uh, look at your website as we're talking, uh, they can just uh, click on the little television there, the little uh, TV monitor, and you'll see Ustream and and um, you'll see just some of the things that uh, DeVoe has in his museum. DeVoe, let's talk about how, how does a person wake up one morning and say, gee, I think I'll uh, start a museum? Well, I've had cars, uh, a few cars uh, for a long time, ever since I could have, was in, got in business, could afford to uh, buy a Ford or two. And uh, it's just I've kind of loved cars all my life, but... How I got started into the museum was that the 
environmental department got so intrusive in Tallahassee with permitting that they basically stopped the development. And I had to, which I was a contractor and was building my own buildings, couldn't get permits. So I decided I'd just build me a museum to house my cars. So it started out as a hobby and it ended up with uh, about 150 cars and a 100,000 square foot building, along with a lot of other memorabilia. Oh, it's it's fascinating. I'm as I'm as we're talking, I'm sitting here watching your website and the different uh, cars that you have. Let me ask: um, over the years, or, or, or make a statement. Uh, the reason that we're doing this show, and Steve Ronaldo has been been very supportive. He, Steve uh, has served and will be serving again on the AACA board. And by the way, uh, I might throw out that the AACA. Uh, uh, Antique Automobile Club Association uh, awarded you the number one museum a couple of years ago, and and that's quite an accomplishment. Uh, but the reason that we do this show, the reason that we're involved in all this, is our love of cars, and at the same time, we're scared to death that uh, the generation coming up, even even the generation ahead of this generation. Um, they don't have, or we don't feel like, they don't have the history, the information, or the love for cars that you and I grow, grew up with and, and, and people that are my age and older and, and even a few years younger. When I turned, uh, oh, goodness, when I turned 10, I think I wanted a car, and I couldn't, boy, the next four years were brutal waiting to get my driver's license and being able to get a car. And, um, you know, we talked about this on the show uh, last week, in fact, that uh, or week before last, that uh, cars, the automobile industry, the history of it is, is such a part of the United States, more so than in any other country in the world. Uh, it, was, it was our bread and butter. It, it got us from coast to coast. It was a revolution. It was everything. And kids today rather play with their thumbs than find out which end of a wrench to hold. So we are really, as a station and individuals, promoting museums, promoting getting the history to the kids today so they'll understand what this nation is built on. And, and would you agree with that statement? Oh, I think it's a very accurate statement. Uh, we've got the first car built in America up to the GTs. We've got a lot of muscle cars, but we've got a lot of older cars, the steam car. Uh, we've got electric car uh, that's back in the uh, early 1900s. We've got Abraham Lincoln's hearse, which the revolution of uh, transportation started from wheels. And... People, we, we've, we've got a variety of cars uh, that goes from beginning up to the to new ones. And we find that the older cars are loved by the older people, and the muscle cars and the newer cars are loved by the younger people. And there's no way that these younger generation can work on the new cars. But during your days and my days, we worked on our cars because the cars was made to where we could understand them and where we could work on them. And I think that's one thing that's missing with a lot of the younger male generation that they don't have the opportunity to get out and turn take wrenches and turn the boats and nuts and change the brakes and the 
the clutches and, and uh, work on them. Uh, you and I used to work, or I'm, I'm assuming you used to work on the the uh, carburetors and the generators and the starters and the clutches, uh, which oh, made us know, have more love for the automobile. There was a time I right at the beginning that I found out what a, a spark plug would do to you, too. You, you didn't ever well, touch that, one running, did you? Something that, that's interesting on the first car that, that was made, which was uh, uh, Charles and Frank Durier, the points made on the end of the spark plug, which I'm sure you didn't know that. No. Uh, points is in the distributor cap, but in this car, the, the points are on the end of the spark plug, which I think is very interesting. But it's a... Uh, Cars are an interesting uh, part of American life. Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, the we, we've talked about this before uh, or uh, in different shows, um, the old timing light. I, I mean, that to me, that was a thrill. And, and I would even um, uh, pull it off time just a hair so I could bring it back and watch that light hit that, hit that spot just perfectly, you know, and... On Friday afternoons, uh, I've mentioned this many times, go in and uh, you had to go get those three deuces uh, all tuned up and ready to go for the uh, stoplight action that you'd have that evening or the or the uh, drag racing you'd do out on a country road that evening. And it was, um, you know, I, I can see mothers and, and some parents cringing a bit when you say that, but it was good, clean fun. And... Um, there were some accidents, but there are accidents and everything. But they weren't, you know, bad. And we used to go up to uh, the Amarillo drag drag strip uh, every Saturday and be there every Saturday and Sunday. And I, I think too, uh, Devoe. I, I don't know about your family, but by kids today not working on their cars, and and I must admit, I don't. I have a hard time finding the latch for the hood on a car today. Um, but it's it's taken something away from the father and son, or the father or the son and his friends, or the boys and his friends coming over to the house and working on the car and doing this and doing that. You don't get that sitting on a couch playing with your thumbs. Well, it's taken a lot of common knowledge uh, that the kids should have. Uh, they need some mechanical experience. But going back to the drag racing. I did the same as you. I was in Tampa, Florida, and uh, we used to go up to the Brooksville Airport, mm-hmm. uh, which was about 30, 40 miles from Tallahassee or from uh, Tampa. And uh, I used to drag with uh, Don Garlic's Big Daddy. Oh, yeah. yeah he, he'd he oh, come down the road every now and then. He's uh, in Orlando with, or Ocala with his uh, uh, museum. But uh, those days gave us a lot of uh, experience, a lot of wisdom and ability to be able to go out and do things. And, and perhaps my experience in the younger, my younger years, the reason that I've got the museum, that people that come to our museum say it's one of the best museums that, uh, that they've been through because of the variety of uh, material that we have and the quality of material that we have. Let, let, let's, let's talk about it. I walk in the front door. What happens next? Well, of course, you go to the cash register. <laughs> but as you walk in the front door, you will see a lot of red, blue, and white, uh, which stands for America, uh, made in America. We 
we've got most of our cars, I think we've got four or five cars that's not American cars, but we've tried to stick with American-made uh, products. But one of the first things you'll see is a tribute that's gone by, which was which I wrote back in the '96 uh, about the Free Enterprise uh, and how the bureaucrats are, are taking that from our, our younger generations, and perhaps that's one of the reasons that the younger generation. Uh, are who they are is because the intrusiveness that that government has had upon our lives. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, as you walk in, you will see uh, see a Mustang, one of a kind, uh, that took eight years to restore it by Mustang judge in Indiana. But then you'll see a Duesenberg sitting right behind it. Then next it, you'll see my pickup truck with my blacksmith equipment on it, which I worked as a uh, as a farrier or a blacksmith while I was in college. And then from there, you'll go on and see the different automobiles. The, if, you, if you look on the web at the Auburn, how do you, uh, if you go back to the 20s, look at the style and the workmanship that went into that Auburn car or the Duesenberg. You know, uh, but, Duvall, uh, you you mentioned you were a blacksmith. Hey, I wonder how many kids don't even have a clue what you just said. Oh, I, I'm sure that I'm sure there's a lot more than that don't than do. Uh, oh, absolutely. That's how I earn my money to uh, to get started in uh, at, at the university and in the other business that I went into. Now, when you restored them, do you restore them back to a factory, or do you put any additions to them, or or, no, add we, or take away, or to back keep, to? We try to keep them as original as we can, frame off restorations, and restore them back to the conditions that they were as uh, the year they came off of the uh, assembly line. So we don't modify them. I've got two or three that's been been upgraded a little bit, but we try to put them back to the original condition. And I, I notice, uh, like myself, I had one of the first 65 Mustangs. I see that you have a couple of white ones there. Uh, is that a 65 and a 66, or both of those 65s? Uh, 65s. The, uh, the, the two white ones? Yes, sir. Yeah, the uh, Tom Moody. A good friend in Tallahassee had those cars restored, and uh, I purchased those cars uh, uh, from him. Well, they they are uh, they have to be along my favorite. And you you I believe you mentioned from at the beginning of the show that you have approximately 150 cars. Is that is that correct? We have what, sir? Uh, I believe you mentioned that you have about 150 cars. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Is there is there one that's uh, well, let me ask this, too. What do you do on maintenance as the museum goes? Do you run your cars at all, or do, are they strictly there to uh, uh, well, we try to crank them up. We, we try to crank them up ever so often. The ones on the bottom floor, it's tougher to crank up because the, the ladies in the office don't like the uh, smell of uh, gas, so it's, it's a little more difficult to crank those up. But we, we try to crank them up ever so often. Oh, that's great. And uh, do you ever take any of them out on the road at all? I used to take a lot of them to shows, but that's that's a lot of trouble. And really, I've got my own show inside the museum, so 
whenever you take them out, you stand a chance of getting one scratched up or sure. something going wrong. So we, it's very seldom we take take them out. I've got one car that uh, my wife or I will drive, and that's a uh, a car. It's a two hundred three Corvette that was made to look like a nineteen fifty three by a company up in Detroit, Michigan. And uh, we take it out because it does look like a 53 uh, front end and rear end, but it's on a 203 Corvette chassis. Wow. We're going to need to stop you there. I I let time get away from it. We're going to take a quick quick break for J.C. Taylor Insurance. We'll be back right after this. Are you into classic cars? Do you own a classic car? If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to jctaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs. This is Dr. Susan Blank, Medical Director for the Atlanta Healing Center. Our team is able to offer a multitude of treatment options, such as quantitative EEG, also known as brain mapping, hormonal and nutritional assessments, neuropsychological testing, and cognitive therapy, along with traditional 12-step facilitation. And we can even offer you, if appropriate, a gentle medically managed detox. Please contact us at 770-696-9862. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. This is Michael Gannett with the Middle East Research Center Limited, bringing you insight to Israel, the truth about the greatness of the Jewish state and its struggle for sovereignty and security every Sunday at 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to America's Web Radio and uh, the Classic Car Show. And we've got Mr. DeVoe Moore on the line with us. He happens to be out in my home state, Texas, but he's from Tallahassee, Florida, and he has the Tallahassee Automobile Museum. And like I said, that's sort of an understatement, actually, when we call it an automobile museum, and that he has a number of other things, and we'll get into that in a minute. Um, DeVoe, how did you get Abraham Lincoln's hearse? That's got to be a story into itself. Well, that was an interesting piece. We were at a uh, auction in Georgia, uh, and the gentleman had a couple, two or three hundred cars that had been restored that he had the auction off, uh, uh, Ed Weaver, and Abraham Lincoln's hearse was there, which had come out of Indiana, and... Smithsonian wanted the hearse, but the gentleman wanted a million dollars for it. And, uh, of course, Smithsonian wanted it donated, as they normally want everything donated. And upon his death, uh, they auctioned off his automobiles, and the hearse was in that collection. And I wanted the hearse for the centerpiece for our museum, and some older gentleman wanted it up in Memphis, Tennessee. 
He was in the coveralls. Uh, you wouldn't think he had two dimes rubbed together. But he ran the price up on me to the point I was about to drop out. By the time I dropped out, he dropped out. And uh, I was a high bidder at a, at a high price. And I took the, uh, the hearse back to Tallahassee, Florida. Wow. Well, let me ask, do you have someone on staff, or do you do it yourself as far as when you, you pick up a car and you go to have it restored? Uh, who, who's looking over the, the shoulder of the person restoring it? Well, I, I buy a lot of the cars already restored. I do have some cars that I've had restored, but I've got a gentleman in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, Bill Guerin, who does excellent rest restoration he's a perfectionist but i've got a smith in st pete that does restoration who is also a perfectionist i let very few people restore cars that that i've got those are the two main ones uh there is a gentleman over in the east uh, over around lake city that does some restoration but it's hard to find people who will take the time and do the job that needs to be done on restoration. Quite frankly, it's a lot easier and a lot better to uh, to try to find an automobile that's been done that somebody either needs to get rid of, they need money to send their kids to college, or for one reason or other, uh, they come out of an estate sale. Uh, it, it's hard to find somebody that will do a, a superb job on an automobile. Let me, uh, let's throw in right now, are you still looking for cars or automobiles or, or and, and if someone has something or is involved in an estate or whatever, how would they get a hold of you and, and let you know about what they've got for sale? Well, if we've, we've run out of room. We've got 100,000 square foot building, and, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty well got all the room taken up. I am looking at a couple other cars. I'm looking at an Epsil, and I'm looking at a another one. What I would really love to have is a Bugatti. But, you know, they're so expensive and uh, hard to find that that kind of makes it tough in getting one. Uh, but we do, you know, I will look at, at cars and find something that's better or something that I don't have that I think that would be of interest. Uh, but I... I make my money, so I spend my money, so I don't let other people buy cars for me. And uh, if they want to contact you, your website is? Tallahassee, uh, cars at Tallahassee Antique Car Museum, TACM.com. And I encourage everybody, we've got it on our Ustream right now, but I encourage everybody to go to uh, uh, TACM.com and take a look. This is fast. You know, it's a place, if you're going on vacation or going to be in the Tallahassee area, it's worth going to DeVos Museum. You know, that's that's why you're on vacation. You want to be entertained and walk through and learn something. Well, the museum, this museum is fantastic. We've talked about cars. I, I, I would be derelict if I didn't ask the one last car question, and, and I'm sure we'll go through some more. But the Batmobile. you got to tell us about the Batmobile. 
Well, we've got three of the Batmobiles. We've got the one out of the movie Batman Return and the one out of Batman Forever. We've got the duck, which came out of the, uh, the, the movie. We've got the jet boat that came out. There's the Batmobile the, uh, on the air right now. That, that came out. We've tried to purchase the uh, TV series of the uh, Batmobile out of the, the TV series, and it was not a, a true Batmobile, so I had a. I do have this, the TV series Batmobile, and I've got the uh, the motorcycle that came out of the uh, the TV series. We've got a lot of uh, Batmobile memorabilia. Uh, we've got the three cars: motorcycle, duck, and the, the the jet plane. So we've got quite a bit of material that that uh, that represents the uh, Batmobile. Well, what was the powertrain on the Batmobile? Well, the the TV series was the Lincoln. Uh, supposedly, the other two were the Corvette uh, powertrain. Hmm. Now, are, are are all three of those drivable still, or are they? Yes, sir. I made the TV series uh, street legal, uh, so I could drive it. The other two will crank up and uh, and run. Uh, the flamethrower on the uh, one will uh, ignite and shoot the flames. So <laughs> all of our cars are runnable. We can we can crank any of them up. Right, let me ask: from from a child, were you always a collector of of things? No, I came off the farm in Greenville, Tennessee, so we couldn't afford uh, we couldn't afford pedal cars, or we couldn't afford. Uh, a lot of toys. Being a farmer's son, why our money had to go towards uh, surviving. So it was only whenever I had the opportunity as a bag boy in that public supermarket in uh, Tampa, Florida, to uh, generate enough money to uh, go and get my brother's '51 Ford, which he had gone into the military and, and left it for me. And from there, uh, I started fooling around with cars. Well, it's uh, it, it kept you out of a lot of trouble, I'm sure, and and it's it's a great hobby. Let's go. Uh, we're going to be taking another break here in, in a couple of minutes. Is there one car that your is your favorite in the museum, or are there just too many? No, that's that's, that's the '56 T Bird used to be my my favorite, which is a black and white uh, sea bird but the reason that was my favorite is uh, as a bag boy in, uh, at Publix uh, went to school at Chamberlain High, High School in Tampa I had to go buy the Ford dealer on my way to work and they had the T-Bird sitting in the window on the uh, turntable that sparkled like a diamond mm-hmm. and there wasn't enough money in the world to purchase it, it was only about $3,100-$3,200 but that was more money than I could imagine, and I happened to find one in Indiana with uh, eleven thousand miles on it, and uh, I purchased it. So that was, but picked out so many cars that represent such a different uh, variety of years that that it's hard to pick out a favorite. We've got the Tucker, uh, the Auburn, as I mentioned. You looked at body style, uh, the Duesenberg or the the Cord. Uh, it's it's hard to 
it's hard to pick out a favorite. You know, now, if you're into cars today, obviously we've got the Internet. How in the world, being in Florida, did you find that T-Bird in Indiana? Uh, probably, my, it was most likely was in him his motor news. Uh, now, I've got a 50, I've got a 55 T-Bird with 25,000 miles that came out of Lubbock, Texas. Well, well, I think you know where Texas is. <laughs> Do I ever? And uh, it was also advertised. Uh, my wife and I went to Lubbock, Texas, and picked it up. Uh, and you had some unfavorable Johnny, Johnny, comments about my hometown. Uh, about Lubbock, Texas? Yes, sir. <laughs> Lubbock, Texas, on the other side of hell. Uh, <laughs> the time you drive it from Tallahassee on a weekend and back, uh, you've been around the world. Yes, sir. Johnny Wells and I went to uh, Indiana and picked up the uh, 56 T-Bird. There was an ice storm wow. that came up on us, and we didn't know it. Uh, we had to drive all night. time I got back to Tallahassee, the front of that car was covered in ice. Wow. So we've had, some, we've had some experiences in, in traveling and picking up automobiles uh, all over the United like States. DeVoe, we got to take our uh, second break. We'll be back with the Classic Car Show and Mr. DeVoe Moore right after this. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Are you into classic cars? Do you own a classic car? If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to jctaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back on America's Web Radio with the Classic Car Show, and I'm doing my best to fill in for Mr. Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Both of them happen to be out of town this weekend and taking care of some family business. So uh, you're stuck with me, but I am delighted to have Mr. DeVoe Moore on the radio. He is the owner of the Tallahassee Automobile Museum. And like I keep saying, there's got there should be a big plus sign after automobile or or after museum because you have a number of other things. And uh, you know, one of them that I know of is the knife collection that you have. And uh, I'm just going to let you uh, go from there with it, Devo. Well, we got into case knives whenever I was in the uh, truck parts business, uh, selling knives, uh, case knives, and. I started buying up the uh, 
the series of uh, like they have from one to two hundred and fifty uh, series uh, number of on the knives. I started collecting whenever I started the museum. While I put the uh, the collections inside the museum, and now we have accumulated uh, supposedly the largest collection of case knives of, of anyone over the period of years. Uh, we have. We have a huge collection of, uh, of case knives. We do sell case knives, uh, but not the not not my collectibles. We have a uh, a store on the bottom floor which we buy the case knives from case, and and we do sell case knives. So we have quite a collection of, of case knives. But not only the, the case knife, we have the largest collection of the outboard motors of anyone in the United States. These motors are all restored back to the original condition, and it's a huge collection of, uh, of outboard motors that goes all the way back to the Waterman, one of the first outboard motors that was built. We have a collection of, uh, of uh, antique boats, but we have the Batmobile large collection. We have a large collection of calculators that goes all the way back to the beginning of, uh, of time. Uh, brass fans, cash resters, golf collection, uh, sports memorabilia. We have pedal cars, uh, large collection of pedal cars, motorcycles. Something we have not talked about are the pianos. We have a collection of pianos, uh, Steinway, uh, pianos that are one of a kind. The Amatata, the Peace Piano, the White House Piano. Uh, just a, a great collection that people will never see one like them because there's they, not any others out there like them. Now, is that because of your love of music or do you play the piano or how, how did you decide I want a collection of pianos? Well, you've got to look at the uh, craftsmanship that went into the pianos. It's, uh, it's really no different than the craftsmanship that goes into the the Cord or the Auburn or the Duesenberg, the cars that was built. Uh, it's just the, they're just beautiful pieces. As far as playing a piano, I don't know the first note on piano. Uh, I couldn't play a piano if, if my life depended <laughs> on it. But if you look at the the, the workmanship, that went into these pianos. They're just beautiful, beautiful pieces. And Steinway will never make any more pianos like some of these because the cost was just prohibited uh, in producing and, and selling and making a profit. One yeah. piano was uh, over a, a million and two hundred thousand just to build it. But that was they had more than that in just putting it together. Do you think, uh, as, and and I'm a lover of the of museums as well. I can, uh, you know, spend hours and hours uh, uh, looking and reading and finding out. And and you hit on something very interesting: the craftsmanship. Do you feel like 2014 have we lost craftsmanship in in everything, or is there still an area that you say, boy, is that that's like that's as good as they used to do? 75 or 100 years ago? Well, if you get into technology, of course, with your iPhones and some of that, uh, there's certainly a lot of uh, craftsmanship that goes into the technology, but you've got to look back. All that's 
well, that's produced with uh, electronic gears, air conditioning, heat. Uh, back whenever they made the, and I keep referring back to the Auburn, but if you look at the Auburn, if you pull up on your uh, your uh, your iPad there, just look at the craftsmanship that went into that automobile. They didn't have computers to uh, to draw about. They didn't have electrical uh, uh, dies and so forth to roll the, the, the metal out or to cut it. It was all hand done without air conditioning, without heat. Uh, the, the, pen, the men put their, their sweat and the blood into making that automobile. And that's something that's not done today. Uh, you go buy a new automobile, it's all printed, uh, put out with a, uh, a press and, and electronic. So I think we have lost, uh, uh, craftsmanship. It's hard to get. And you do have you have you have a few people out there that can restore a car back to the original condition. There's some there's some crapping out there uh, that's they're great, but it's hard to find. It's hard to find a good craftsman. Well, you know, there we've had a, a couple of I think three of the universities on that that offer a degree in uh, automobile restoration and. Uh, uh, what people don't understand, it, it's not necessarily the cleanest job in the world. You might get your hands a little dirty. You might even get a scratch working on a car every now and then. But what a lot of kids don't uh, that are sitting there, they've gone back home after they've gotten their degree in uh, philosophy or English literature or whatever, and they're back in the house trying to figure out that I really don't want that uh, eight dollar an hour job well if they learn how to work they learn how to weld they learn how to restore a car they could be making some very big bucks today uh you have a job right out of college if you've got your if you've gotten your degree in uh, uh, restoration from one of these schools it's, it's incredible well it's interesting that you'd, you'd mention that and bring bring that up but go back whenever i went off to learn how to shoe horses how many people do you know today that's a blacksmith how many people do you know that will will do the hard work and get their hands dirty uh, being a blacksmith? But back in the early 60s, whenever I went off and learned, I was making $30, $35 a week as an inventory control clerk at a parts house. And my friend said to those, you're capable, won't you go learn to be a blacksmith? He said, you'll make much more and have more flex time to go to college. I took his advice, went to... Uh, Chevyville, Tennessee, learned how to shoe horses, came back, and there's days I can make $100 a day. Well, that was three times what I was making that week. But I had to work hard. I had to get my hands dirty. And uh, I had to learn how to be a craftsman in making shoes and, and installing those shoes. But how many kids will learn that today? Huh. You know, we we have more dying breeds than we have breeds coming up. You know, it's it's incredible. We've got more people that want. We got more people that want something for nothing than we've got that wants to work. Couldn't I'm agree with you. I'm looking for a young couple that I can depend on to run the museum in the future, and I can't find them. But I can't get a. I can't get someone that's on dope or someone that will steal. No, but I want somebody that will work. But where do you find them? Well, 
There are still a few out there. I, I'm, oh, I agree. I'm, I'm proud to say I have uh, two sons that are both hard workers. Uh, you know, I, Dad paid for everything, but Dad didn't give away anything. And uh, they learned to work from the time from 12 years old on, actually before then, working in the yard and work. We had a place up in the mountains that... Uh, they learned what spreading gravel was all about on the driveway. They learned all sorts of things, but then we'd have fun. We uh, shot skeet off the off the back deck, and and they were both very young, but they learned how to shoot, and they still know how to shoot. Um, but this is, you know, I didn't let my kids as they were growing up. This was only, uh, gosh, just yesterday. You can appreciate that, uh, but you know, the, they had the computers, but. And we they they had them too, but I wouldn't let them spend hours on end on the couch. They weren't going to do that. We had a boat. We had we had a lot of toys up in the mountains, and we played outside all the time. But part of that play was loading uh, gallon buckets with gravel and learning how to spread it. And well, I've got two dollars. I've got two dollars, and both of them learned how to work. Uh, one of them works in the museum with me, and she drives 100 miles a day uh, to work in the museum on the books and, and keeping things in order. And both of them learned how to work. They had to work. Uh, they worked. time they went to college, uh, they had money in the bank to pay for their education. Uh, that's not true today. They go to college. They come out. They've got a big debt that they can't pay off. That's right. Okay, let's talk more about the museum. We've got um, we've got boats. We've got knives. You also very interesting that, and I, I've seen some smaller ones, but never one. You've got a whole room banquet facility, and uh, do you all uh, cater, or do you do you have a kitchen type situation there, or tell us about your banquet uh, banquet facilities? Well, we've got two fifteen thousand square foot. Uh rooms that we have uh, banquets uh, anywhere from uh, weddings to concerts to uh, you name it. Uh, we just had 2,000 in there this week for history uh, uh, celebration. People, students all over the state of Florida. Uh, we have uh, two 6,000 square foot banquet rooms. They're not in the building. Uh, they're in a separate building. We've got two uh, 2,500 square foot banquet rooms. So we do uh, we do banquets because that's a source of revenue to help keep the uh, the museum going. Whenever you pay the power bill and you can't charge enough emission to pay for the uh, expense of the automobile, so you've got to have some other source of uh, income to help generate the funds to keep the museum open so we do get into the uh into banquets and uh and meeting space so if somebody needs that we can provide it okay uh you're in tallahassee whereabouts in tallahassee are you we're on the east side of tallahassee uh i-10 and 90 east uh i think it's exit 206 uh it's uh, we're right on the ramp uh, as you come off of I-10, uh, coming from the west, going east. So we're on the east side on I-10 and Highway 90. 
Okay, and let me ask, uh, as the whole of the museum, and, and you indicated that you have two floors, um, you've got the one floor that's, I guess, primarily the has the pianos and cars and so forth in it. Uh, is, is your museum, is it a guided museum, or does everybody just do their own thing, walk in and go wherever you want? No, they walk in, and, and we try to send them down the uh, row with, with, uh, with the older cars, uh, but it's very difficult. We've tried we we've tried to have uh, some guided tours, but if you get if you get a group of people, you've got somebody that's more interested in the newer cars, and you've got people interested in the pianos, and they start splitting up and and going whichever way they want to. So it's very difficult. We will give a guided tour at times if if somebody wants it, but it, it's very very difficult to uh, to take a group because they see this or they see that, and. Uh, uh, it's it's very very difficult to uh, to put a, a guided tour together because of interest in different things that we, we we've got. My wife did just inform me that I said two o six effect at two o nine. Sometimes that's what your wives are for to straighten you out. So. That's it. Well, she she'll have about a minute and a half to straighten you out while we take another quick break. We'll be back with DeVoe Moore from the Tallahassee Automobile Museum. I shouldn't say from it. You uh, you own it. So we'll be back with uh, DeVoe in one minute. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. This is Cheryl Linker, host of the Master Gardener Hour on America's Web Radio, Saturday morning at 11 o'clock. Join us as we keep things fun and interesting as we educate you in the world of master gardening. Are you into classic cars? Do you own a classic car? If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to jctaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Well, as always, time goes by too fast when you're enjoying what you're doing, and I've enjoyed this totally. And we've got a, a few minutes before we wrap up with uh, Mr. DeVoe Moore and uh, his uh, telling us about his, I, I guess you'd sort of call it your pet or whatever. Uh, he owns the Tallahassee Automobile Museum, and as you can imagine, it's in Tallahassee, Florida. Um, DeVoe, what are your hours if I want to come down and visit you? Well, we're open at 8 o'clock in the morning until 5 o'clock in the afternoon. On Saturday, we're open from 10 till 5. And on Sunday, we're open from uh, 12 till uh, 5. And we're open about every day except maybe Thanksgiving and Christmas. 
And even a lot of times you'll probably find me there that afternoon <laughs> because I just love going down there and doing my thing. Well, I, I got to imagine, and, and hopefully one of these days in the very near future we'll get to meet, but I just have, have to imagine that there are times that you get up from your desk and you take your own personal guided tour and just, uh, you know, I, I, this is going to really sound crazy, and, and I, they may come and pack me away after I say it, but if I were a betting man, which I might might be a little bit, but I bet you that you go through the museum and there's smells that are just incredible to you. Be it that 65 Mustang and the little twang of gasoline you smell or be the, the upholstery that you smell or be, you know, whatever it is. And, and it, you know, it seems to me like the more craftsmanship in something for some reason, it gives not only it gives off a look, but it does have a smell. And I and I, if I were betting, I bet you walk through your museum, and you do exactly that. Am I wrong? Well, no, you're you're correct. Uh, the first part of this week, uh, open the door up on one of the automobiles, and uh, I told somebody, I said, "Just smell of this, smell of the interior of this car." Because you're exactly right, uh, you, you do. And there's been times I get up and and uh, I'll walk through the museum just to take a look and see what I've overlooked. I will say this: if anybody goes through the museum and they don't feel like they've got their money's worth, I'll refund their money back at any given time. But that's never happened. And in most cases, everybody will say I don't charge enough for what's in this museum. Uh, we can't tell us is a government town. It doesn't have a lot of uh, industry that brings a lot of money to Tallahassee. And I kind of call it a cheap town because of, of it being a, a government town. And I can't charge what I should be able to charge. Uh, whenever you've got a piano that's a million two, you got a Duesenberg or the Tucker. You know, a Tucker sold for about $3 million not long ago. And, uh, and we've got one of the first car built in America, Abraham Lincoln's first. Uh, where do you go see items like this? Uh, we've got a piece piano that's out in, uh, Arizona at the musical museum. I let them borrow it for, uh, for four months. It'll be back. But this is the quality material that we have. And, uh, we, we just got so many different varieties of, uh, of history. That uh, that we should be charging a lot more. Our admission price thirteen fifty. Uh, kids under four don't pay. Uh, students pay ten bucks, and some pay seven fifty. So it's very reasonably priced. Devoe, when when you have uh, kids coming through or, or a group coming through, do you ever just sort of stand back and walk with them and listen to them? And the reason I ask this is that. Uh, as I mentioned from the get-go, we're we're very concerned about the classic car being a hobby and continuing on after after the next generation or two are gone. And also in in the rest of our very conservative radio um, shows, we worry about history that it's not being taught. And do you do you walk with them? And and do, am I wrong? Are you hearing people that know about what they're looking at in your museum, or are they just sort of there with, well, I wonder what that thing was for? 
Well, now you will find every now and then you will find a young person, a very young person that's that's very knowledgeable, uh, but they are a car buff of some sort, and and they they've got a lot of knowledge uh, on some automobiles, some different uh, memorabilia. Uh, they're they're not all like that, but there's very few that you'll find that that can talk about. Uh, some of the automobiles, maybe it's a Corvette or maybe it's a Mustang. Uh, but yes, they are some, they are some younger, younger people that, that will have some knowledge on some of these, uh, automobiles. Do you, uh, what kind of, uh, information do you give the background, the history on, on your cars and, and the other antiques and, and, uh, items that you have? Is it pretty well, uh, documented or, or described as so a person uh, doing their own tour mo- can figure it out? In, in most in most cases, we do have a plaque up in front of the automobile that tells tells about it. Uh, I think you'll find it on on most of the material. Uh, we wanted to go to the audio uh, part of it, but we tried to get a grant to. That's an expensive uh, deal, and we just don't take enough in the museum to be able to afford to do that, but so far we haven't been able to get a grant that would help us do it. Uh, it'd be nice if we could, but that's something will have to be done with a grant uh, to be able to do the audio of, of, of this history. It should be done. I mean, they had 2,000 students that came from all over the state of Florida. They didn't go through the museum, uh, but they had their banquet there, uh, and it was about history. And I asked some of the Officials, I said, we were in in the banquet room talking about history, but history was made right here inside the museum. The first car, Abraham Lincoln's hearse, uh, the uh, just so many different history pieces there inside the museum. The calculators that goes all the way back to the beginning of the time. Uh, why are these students coming through seeing what what made America great? Well, we we hope that uh, maybe somebody's listening that will will want to just do it out of their pocket. As a matter of fact, uh, there are some pretty pretty good sized pockets out there every now and then, and uh, we'd love to see you get whatever else you need to uh, to make it not only the best but uh, as close to perfect as possible. Uh, before we leave, I, I want to have you or is there a favorite thing or item that you that you just you can't get enough of, even though you own it, and uh, it's there, and and you can see it anytime you want to see it. But is there something that is always pulling you uh, towards it? Well, if, if if I'm walking with people upstairs on the second floor, and uh, I always point out the farm equipment, which has been restored back probably uh, much better than what it was back in the early twenties. Uh, always taken by the the first plow that was that a farmer could go out and get that had a motor on it. Even the motor turned the wheel. Uh, it's they're, they're, to me they're just fascinating. If you look back in the the early 1900s of, with with some of the first uh, farm equipment that the farmer could get for his garden. To do the uh, to do the plow instead of walking behind a mule, uh, some of that's my favorite uh, 
favorite equipment upstairs away from cars is is looking at the uh, the farm equipment that we have. Of course, I built another building for a, a tractor museum, but under this current administration and not knowing where America's going, uh, I just sold, I auctioned off all my my tractors because I couldn't didn't feel like I could afford to start another museum for farm equipment. So, but we we do have some of the smaller pieces upstairs in, in our museum. Oh, that, that's that's a shame, and I can certainly, you know, as you were talking, I, and and again, we've talked about it here uh, on on the show before, but you know, today, and you mentioned this today, the guy has a dream or or decides he wants something uh, that's not available, and so he sits down at his computer with his CAD system and. Does this? Does that? And I'm not knocking it. That's that's what it's all about. But just like you were talking about the farm equipment, can you imagine the uh, farm all or the John Deere people or whoever it was back in the day that the Alice Chalmers, um, you know, the, their engineers or their dreamers that sat there and and you know it was a cocktail napkin or it was a household napkin or it was a scrap of paper and they started drawing something. And the time it took to get from that to the the mechanical uh, drawing board that you had, and and the instruments from there to to the to the uh, prototype, and from the prototype to going into production, the brain power that went into it. I just don't know if we have that today or not. Well, you, you just uh, you mentioned that the Deerier, the uh, eighteen ninety six. They they took the floorboard, the wood, and it's still on the car today. They took the floorboard, turned it upside down, or turned it over, and they drew the car out on that floorboard. That's incredible. Uh, so you, you you just mentioned something that, that we have a piece of, of the first car built in America. They didn't have a, a drafting table. They didn't have a computer to draw it out. They do it out on the floorboard of the, of the piece of wood, flat wood. Devoe, that's interesting that you, you make that statement. Well, we're going to have to end it there. We're out of time, but I want to thank you for being on the Classic Car Show and invite everybody to go by Devoe Moore's Tallahassee Automobile Museum anytime you're in Tallahassee. And uh, I bet given the right circumstance, you'd come out and shake hands with them. And I'll give you a special invitation to come down and see it firsthand yourself, and uh, I hope you do, and I hope you'll give me a call. And I've certainly enjoyed it, and I appreciate it. Well, you're welcome, DeVoe, and uh, we'll get we'll get you back on in the near future. Thank and, you, sir, and have a good day. You too. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio. We want to thank uh, DeVoe Moore one more time and invite everyone to go by his museum, the Tallahassee Automobile Museum, and it's much, much more than that. Stay tuned for Food and Farm and then America's Homegrown Veggies and the Master Gardener Hour, all here on America's